to read Back to Reality, the best-selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash back to reality. And subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark Stay, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, ProWritingAid, the official editing software of the Bestseller Experiment. ProWritingAid is so much more than a grammar checker. It's a style editor and writing mentor all in one package. And what's more, ProWritingAid integrates with Scrivener, Word, Google Docs, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, OpenOffice, Outlook. It's designed for the smarter writer, which is all of you. And as a listener of this wonderful podcast, you can get a whopping 20% off right now. Get your discount today at ProWritingAid.com forward slash bestseller. Now, this is a special episode. It's a bit different from the norm. It's just me today. Mr. D's still away on a secret mission. This is a special episode from the Romantic Novelists Association Awards 2020. The reason we were there, four, four of our listeners were nominated for awards. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that last year uh, at the Kindle Storyteller Awards, out of the five nominees, two of those were listeners and supporters of this podcast, uh, uh, Cueve McDonald and Ian W. Sainsbury. And Ian went on to win that award. And now we're at the RNA Awards and four of our listeners are nominated for awards. Now, I'm not saying that supporting the podcast will guarantee you awards, but blimey, it certainly seems to increase the odds. Our listeners are smashing out of the park. So a uh, huge congratulations to our nominees. We'll get to them in just a sec is the order of service. So you're going to hear me talking to Imogen Housen, who's the deputy chair of the RNA. She talks about the 60th anniversary of the awards, how the RNA has changed in that time and kept up with the times and helped change the genre itself and what authors should be looking at if they want to write in the romance genre. And we talked to our nominees, and this is this is just wonderful. We were talking to Jeevani Chirika, Annie O'Neill, Jenny Keir, Lorna Cook. They tell us what they've learned, their genre expectations, happy endings, and the role the RNA has played in their careers. And then we cut to a special bit of the award ceremony, which you'll definitely want to listen to. And then after that, we talk to them again, uh, sort of post-match debrief. I bump into Rowan Coleman, which is wonderful. We spoke to Rowan in an episode last year, and we love speaking to Rowan, and she talks uh, about her experience of the awards. And then we end with a wonderful chat with Millie Johnson. Now, Millie was a recipient of the Outstanding Achievement Award that evening. She gave an incredible speech. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can read the whole thing, but she says, we are the glorious counterbalance to this climate of hate. Um, she talks about making time to write, how life experience fed into her career, and how Keanu Reeves is an inspiration for it. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful chat. So let's jump in right now. Imogen, welcome to the podcast. How are you on this very special evening? I am very well, thank you. I'm looking forward to the very special evening. We've got candles on the tables and everything. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's lovely. This is, the, this is such a fun venue to have our events. It's really nice. This is the 60th anniversary of these awards. That's an incredible achievement. I mean, uh, what's it like to be here at this special time? It just seems so incredible that the organisation was started 60 years ago and it's still it's still going strong. We've got a thousand members. Um, people are still being published. People are still writing romantic fiction. Romantic fiction is keeping up with the changes of the publishing industry and the changes in culture. And we're still going and we still feel really 
you know, successful and happy to be writing what we're writing. It's wonderful. It's um, to, I've been talking to some of the nominees, some of our, our listeners beforehand, and some of them have, you know, been on the new writer scheme and been published because of that. How important is it for you to bring up those new authors? Oh, it's incredibly important, partly because all of us were there once, so we know what it's like to be an aspiring author and to want to get published, but to have no idea how you're going to go about it. And partly also, romantic fiction is only as good as its latest batch of people, and it will only continue to keep growing and getting better the more people come through so it's it's sort of because we're not just writers we're readers and we want good fiction to keep being written so it's in everyone's interest um to keep nourishing those and nurturing those new writers um because they they keep the whole thing going if i'm a romantic novelist just starting out what are the things to look out for the genre has been evolving it's constantly changing isn't it Yes, I reading current romantic fiction is really important if you're starting out because if you grew up like I did reading old style historical romances, you know maybe Jean Plady, Victoria Holt, um even Georgette Hare the danger is that, that you keep writing those sort of tropes and some of them are still fresh and they work and some of them in today's society are just very problematic and people no longer want to read those sort of heroes or those sort of heroines um so reading reading current romance and knowing what's going on in the world around you as well Certainly when I was at the conference last year, that's where you have those conversations, isn't it? That's where you sort of all come together, you talk about the genre and you talk about keeping it fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and every conference, we hear what publishers are looking for, you know, what they're no longer looking for. We hear experiences of authors who've maybe tried something they thought would work and have found actually readers don't want that anymore. Yeah, and, and, and we're learning all the time. Excellent stuff. Who should we be looking out for this evening, or, or can't you really say? Who, who are the rising stars? Oh, I can't say. That's unfair, oh. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're just totally going to get me into trouble. Um, look out for everyone. We're very proud of our shortlist. There is a fabulous mix of new, up-and-coming authors and, and small publishers competing against the giants. You know, some really some massive names and some really small names who are just starting out, and they'll be the giants of the future, but right now they're just beginning. So we're just really proud of all the shortlist. They're fabulous. It's great to hear you say that because we spoke to some nominees beforehand and they are basically, we haven't won. We haven't won. Look who's in my category. I haven't clearly this legend. I'm never going to beat this legend. But upsets do happen, don't they? Absolutely, because um, the awards are judged on a really strict scoring system by independent readers. So these are reader judged. So it's not about the big name because the reader won't necessarily know who the big names are. They'll just be judging the books. And they might recognise the name, but they might not. So they're judging the books on how good the books are. So a book that's a debut, that's come out with a very small press, potentially could, could win over the all the big names and the big publishers because it's about how good that book is, not how good the reputation of the author or the publisher is. That's very, very exciting. Well, looking forward to the awards this evening and thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, let's go around the table and introduce yourself, starting with... I'm Jeevani Charika today, otherwise Rhoda Baxter. <laughs> I'm Annie O'Neill. Otherwise, AKA. Otherwise known as Daisy Kate. AKA. Sheila Creighton. AKA. <laughs> Cricket <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Jen, just plain old Jenny Keir, I'm afraid. Jenny yeah. Keir, not plain as well. It's just the one name. Is it Jenny J and N and I? That's it not plain. Absolutely. That's and yeah. K and W E R as well. I like exactly. to be quiet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Lornica, just plain old Lornica. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. And this is an exciting evening. It's the RNA Awards. It's their 60th anniversary, which is incredibly exciting. And four, four of our wonderful listeners are, are nominated. So let's go around again and, and talk about who's nominated for what. And we'll talk about your books and the awards and what it all means. So let's start with Annie, because yours is a really interesting category it's the liberta books shorter romantic novel award and it's published by mills and boone medical and this is a yes. this is a subgenre i was not aware of yes this is the category it's a doctors nurses surgeons it's basically gray's anatomy in a book fantastic so if you like a little peek over your surgical mask into some <laughs> twinkly blue eyes or whatever color eyes your hero has it's the genre for you <laughs> what drew you to that genre I kind of liked learning something while I was writing, so it was fun to sort of get to go in and see what kind of medical delights you could unravel whilst having a couple fall in love. So you're not a qualified GP? Not even close. <laughs> but you've watched every episode of House. I've watched every episode of House and Grey's Anatomy, and I'm from Seattle, so I think that kind of makes me a doctor. Jeeve, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yours is the Goldsboro Books Contemporary Romantic Novel Award, uh, A Convenient Marriage. Tell yep. us about that. This is actually my first book that I wrote, and it went through the New Writers Scheme in 2007. Oh, wow. And the lady who did the New Writers Scheme report for it is Sue Moorcroft, who is also shortlisted on the same... <laughs> on the same day. Oh, Very awkward. Have you yeah. discussed this with her? Yes, if I win, she gets all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> and whose idea was that? Well, hers, but you know. <laughs> and this is, this is where it does get awkward. Yes. Because Jenny yes. and Lorna, you're both nominated for the Katie Ford Debut Romantic Novel Award, Lorna for The Forgotten Village, and Jenny for The Hopes and Dreams of Lucy Baker. And you're both with the same publisher as both well. with the same uh, publisher. Yeah. And, oh. and Lorna, we have been here before, haven't we, darling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, Lorna won the Jane Hussein back in September. We yeah, went up to your September. lovely, lovely uh, afternoon tea we had up there. Um, so, yeah, it's, this is... This is Round this two. is round two. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it best of three? Is that yeah. I think I'm going to have to make it. Yeah, it could be best of seven. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Third round in Vegas. Yeah, we get Sky involved. Yeah, it could be a big, big thing. Of course, debuts. You know, this is very exciting. This isn't normal. You don't normally get all these nominations for a debut. You know, this is exciting. This is extraordinary stuff. Are you? You know, what's your year been like? You go first. Well, it's been phenomenal. It just, it's just. Um, it's gone from one thing to another. I have loved the interaction on social media. I have loved the, I've loved the Glitzy Awards. You know, <laughs> even if you don't win, they're such yeah. fun to be a part of. And yeah, just going from strength to strength, learning, learning all the time. Mm -hmm. And bumping into Lorna every Saturday. Yeah, my year's been amazing as well. But I just, I don't know, I feel, I already feel like a winner every day. I feel like something exciting happens in this industry every day. You can either get on board with somebody else's exciting news or something happens to you. And so it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic. It's you talked about learning. Yes. What are the biggest lessons you've been learning this year? That I won't be buying the yacht 
quite <laughs> <laughs> Just the down payment. That was, that, was, that was a little bit of a, yeah. Um, I think you just are constantly learning. You're learning the craft. You always are. I'm branching out slightly with what I'm writing, so I'm being a historical in now. So that's been really exciting, and I've had the whole, like, research thing opened my eyes and slowed down my writing. <laughs> um, and learning about the industry and the truth about the industry, which is something your podcast is very good at opening out to people you know there is this illusion about the publishing industry and once you're published you're there you sort of are but you sort of really aren't and you have to learn that and you have to take it in your stride and I'm a half full kind of girl so I've kind of done that but yeah you're learning all the time you're learning all the time you guys, uh, this isn't your first rodeo, is it? Because we spoke at the uh, RNA conference last year. What are the big lessons you've been learning over the last few years? Oh, jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never stop learning, though, do you? Because there's always, uh, things are changing all the time. So you've got to keep up with, with the way the industry's changing. And, yeah, as you say, craft. Yeah. You keep learning yeah. new things to do with craft. You go um, along to, like, a, a, a some sort of... Um, Oh, what's the word? When you're trying to learn about... Oh, God. Workshop? Yes, well, that'll be the one. It's a good job I don't write for a living. (laughs) And people look at you and say, well, why are you here? Because you're published? You know, what... what, what, There is so much to learn and so much that you win, but don't tell anyone, you know. (laughs) That's that's just between the five of us. And you you do learn all the time. You learn from reading other genres, even if it's not in the genre that you're writing in. And the market changes, which is, you know, what Road Duck said. I think you do learn every single day. Well, and even writing Mills and Boom, which a lot of people see as sort of a formulaic kind of thing, it actually, writing about two people falling in love is an entirely different experience every single time. Because they're different people. Like, yeah, they're right. different people. Yeah. And if I fall in love with someone, it's going to be completely different than if you, you know, any of you fall yeah. in love with someone. And so when people are like, oh, but isn't it a formula? It's like, yes, because my life's been exactly like yours. <laughs> <laughs> and it is... A big challenge to make you know that whole huge epic falling in love experience in fifty thousand words. Mm. Yeah, there isn't a formula, but there are expectations, aren't mm-hmm. there? Does that does that sort of sit at the back of your mind when you're writing? Um, it does, but I also kind of I love the journey, I suppose, and it's that the same kind of peaks and troughs you get like when you're watching a rom-com or something and you you never kind of don't want Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks to go through a bit of anguish before they finally get their payoff and I think it's the same with the Mills and Boom books where you know it's coming and you're kind of pretty absolutely positive they're going to get together at the end but it's, ah, it's just yeah, too just, exciting they just might not yeah, yeah. they just yeah. might not just this might could not. be a different one yeah. I mean they do it's following that broad formula that three act thing that we all know but it's also breaking the rules and trying to do it because publishers are always telling us they want the same but different we've yeah. got to do yeah. we can't yeah. churn out the same stuff we've got to do something a bit different and it's yeah. what what which quirky thing you can find and to put in your book and just make it that little bit different I think I love writing two genres so I write in women's fiction and rom-com which is slightly different so you have to have the happy ending with the rom-com yeah but women's fiction not necessarily mm, um, true that yeah I've just read a really good book that doesn't have a happy ending <gasps> and that was fantastic <laughs> and very genre twisting and makes you think yeah you know, makes yeah. you think oh I do this a bit differently <laughs> yeah. have a and that's you learning yeah. see yeah. and then you're learning yeah. think, can I apply that to what I write mm. and that's why I like reading outside of my genre as well because I like to read a crime thriller and okay you know I'm not going to put a murder in my book but makes you think about like mm. plot twists and yeah. character thing, things they've see, done if I ever wrote a crime book it would be just be, to be so, so that I could say but then I turned to crime <laughs> 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 if there's any way we can help you 
people with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, I don't just... think I would, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you don't win tonight, you might. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. I think Sue could be the woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sue's a really good friend. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's adorable. <laughs> How aware were you of organisations like the RNA before you were published? Not at all. In my case, I was um, recommended by Mills and Boone, actually recommended I join the RNA, and I'd always kind of fancied myself, like, oh, no, I've got this now, and I did it anyway, <laughs> and I was amazed at the warmth and generosity oh, and kindness and support. It's like the best trampoline in the world. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Found amazing. my tribe and just anything yeah. I'd... And I, well, you feel a little bit flat sometimes, because we all do, and you, you go to an RNA chapter meeting or you come to something like this, and you just go back and you're just so fueled and you find your mojo again, and it's that's what it's all about. It really is. And the RNA are the best at that. They really yeah. are. Yeah. So supportive. Yeah. I'm the yeah. same as Jenny. I found mine before... Um, been published um i joined the new writers scheme and that's how i got published was because of the rna i think yeah amazing yeah. yeah i wouldn't be daisy tate if it wasn't for the rna actually because i met my now editor through the um the conference uh, the, the one-to-ones one -one. yeah, yeah. yeah. the opportunities that the rna yeah. offers you cannot actually put a price on you no. can't buy a one-to-one -one with an agent or an editor you can't no. you know just go online and book one and to be able to have that as part of the conference is just such a that's how I met my agent through a one-to-one -one phenomenal experience yeah and they're very good at things like that aren't they as well as doing evenings like this where they're supporting and showcasing their you know their writers they're very good at helping their new writers and their aspiring writers and that's what I think makes them slightly different they turn around and put their hand up and pull you up you know and that's that's really important really important and then there's this kind of network yes you network to I was saying to someone earlier you come to these events you network to meet maybe sort of industry people as well but at all of the RNA events you're networking with your fellow authors because yes. they are as important if not more so than the industry professionals and actually your relationships with them are going to be a lot longer yes. <laughs> yes. with yeah. the industry professionals you know because that's just the nature of the business and it's so important we support each other we retweet each other we help each other you you know you're messaging people when you don't know what you're doing well, times of crisis quite a lot of us are unagented um i mean you know for ages you get quite a lot of people who are not agented mm -hmm. and where do you go for advice yeah. and rna is yeah. Pretty good place for that, definitely. Yeah. Often conflicting advice, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still advice. Yeah. 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 Yes, but then you've got yeah, some then information you know, to make yeah, your decision, exactly. haven't you? Rather than going in blind. Well, everyone's experience is going to be different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. This, this is it. As, as, for as many writers as there are, there will be. This is what we found with the podcast. Everyone has a different story. There are various mm -hmm. commonalities, but uh, yeah, everyone has a different experience. Now, on to the awards tonight. I think I've spoken to you individually before this recording, and you've all said the same thing. We're not going to win. We are, I'm not going to win. Yeah. I'm not going to win. Norma did say that before in September, as I recall. And um, how did that turn out for you, Norma? The shortest acceptance speech ever. The worst acceptance speech ever. No. Uh, can you redo it right now? Um, uh, uh, thanks, Arne. Uh, bye. <laughs> I think I said bye. Yeah. That yeah. was beautiful. That was good. It was heartrending really stuff. So I know that's a kind of psychic self-defence, you know, but have any of you prepared speeches? Have you lists of names of people you want to thank? Or, or are you just here for the fun of it tonight? Both. The yeah, fun. Yeah. I, have, I have in my head, if I should win, which is very unlikely, Agent Editor RNA. Agent Editor RNA. Yeah. Because I have been up and gone, oh, <laughs> bye, and 
and then sat down before. So just in case. That's better than mine. Yeah. I got up and said, look, you can all see my happy buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knew me, so there was complete silence. <laughs> 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 well, I think Jane's wee speech is probably the, the one that topped it. Oh, Jane Lovering, yes. Yeah, Jane yeah. Lovering. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Um, she said, if you'd told me, um, she won Romantic Novel of the Year in 2012, something like that. Yeah, and she'd had a lot to drink by this point. <laughs> and um, she said, uh, if you'd told me that I was standing here as the winner of the Romantic Novel of the Year, I'd have wet myself. <laughs> and to be honest, I still might. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone down in history as the wee speech. I I absolutely haven't prepared anything because I genuinely don't think I'm going to win. Because I was saying to you earlier, wasn't it, Mark? We were talking. You kind of know where you are, or you feel you know where you are. And and I just my category is so strong. And obviously, Lorna Lover has already Mm. given me a sound whooping. That's nothing to do with the awards. <laughs> 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 Close relationship. <laughs> but I, I, I would be gobsmacked because I think there's, I just, I mean, the, the concept for Beth O'Leary is not Oh, yeah. yeah. That was one of those where you go, oh, I so wish I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the woman. Yeah. Um, so I genuinely haven't. But I'm not, I'm here to be with, yeah. the, with the RNA people. But but I really, on. I love it because then mm. I'll go back and write thousands of words tomorrow because mm. I wrote none today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sat down at the computer this morning and was like, much more useful. Yeah. It's priorities, priorities, people. Exactly. Okay, so um, we'll meet up afterwards. We'll find out if, you know, it would be great if you all want something, I know that's kind of impossible with uh, yeah. Jenny and Lorna, but yeah. you never know, like, it, it could be, you know, sometimes at the Oscars they give it to two actors. Yeah. Sometimes. But we'll 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 gather after the yes. awards. Come and find us. And we'll have a post match, you know, kind of debrief. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh but best of luck to all we'll of you. We'll be a bit more slurry, aren't we? Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. But got everything crossed for all of you. Thank best you. Best of luck. Enjoy. Thank you, Thank you very much. Is a London drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> Lorna Cook! Yes! Congratulations, how are you? I'm all right, I'm a bit stunned <laughs> still, actually, even after this time. <laughs> now, there was a little technical snafu, wasn't there? Tell us about that. So they put the screen on, or the slide on of my book when they were about to announce the winner, but I thankfully did not see that it said winner. Somebody told me that afterwards. So I just thought, oh, why is that there? And then I'm so glad I didn't see it. <laughs> what? goes through your head when when they announce your name don't fall over on the way to the stage was my initial thought 
very confused that I won. Very confused. It was a very strong category, like ridiculously strong. So that was very baffling and still is baffling. It's not baffling. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is though. You've had quite a year, haven't you? I mean, it's, uh, I remember you coming on the podcast and listeners will put a link in the show notes to, to Lorna's original episode. With us, uh, and it'll be an interesting to go back and listen to that because could you have imagined you'd ended up here this evening? No, no. I don't think I'd want to listen to it. I think I probably still sound as green and naive as I am now. I still feel very green now, actually. <laughs> well, you're just starting out. I mean, I think you've got an amazing career ahead of you. I mean, this is just the beginning, isn't it? I hope so. hope it's not the end now. <laughs> hope my publishers don't get rid of me now. <laughs> just wave my awards at them now. <laughs> no, this is where your fee goes up, Lorna. Oh, this is where... Works? Oh, I've got an agent, thank Christ. She can do that sort of thing. I haven't got a clue. I'd be like, no, I'd be paid in dairy milk. It's fine. <laughs> This is why we have agents. <laughs> Dairy milk. <laughs> now, you, I imagine you're working on your new book, yeah? When you sit down to write next, what do you do with this award? Do you, do you, you're going to have to put it out of your head or do you just, just sit there thinking, oh, I know how to do this now? Oh, my God, no. Um, no, it's fine. I've won an award. I can write any old shit and it'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is a lovely award. I get to keep this award, the Joan Hussein one. I have to hand back, but it's I, I do just sit down. I'm just so I just enjoy the craft of writing, so I can just sit and not think about anything else other than fictional people who don't exist. <laughs> they 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 generally don't answer back, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. It's great. You can get them to do anything you like. <laughs> what is next from you? What can we look forward to? Um, my second book's out March 19th. Um, it's called The Forbidden Promise. My third book. I'm finishing. Oh my God! Any day now, I might finish this bloody book. And that's out 2021. And then there's a fourth book with Avon. And then who knows after that? Oh, well, it's just fantastic. Lorna, the biggest congratulations to you. Enjoy the rest of the evening and hope to speak to you again soon. Oh, thanks, Mark. Thanks. Annie. commiserations are not winning but it's been an amazing evening hasn't it oh it's a brilliant night and everyone's so great that you just can't help but be happy for the actual winners we're all winners tonight you have won before though haven't you well yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'll go home and polish my trophy tonight is it is it Perspex or Crystal it's I'm glad to know it's Crystal now Listeners, uh, Jenny Eclair kept referring to it as a Perspex Award, and she was told in no uncertain terms that it was, in fact, crystal. Yes, it is. You could etch anything you wanted to with it into your windows. You'll have to stop using it as a doorstop now, won't you? Indeed. Yeah. Slightly embarrassing. So, <laughs> time to move it up a notch in the household items. What struck me, it's, it's a really good-natured award. Everyone's, you know, rooting for everyone else, and it rattles along, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it kicks along at a fiery old pace, especially when you know there are snacks at the end. Yes, they wisely keep the food to the end, don't they? Yeah. Exactly, that was a clever move, very clever move. But it's, it's a good gallopy evening, and everyone really is happy for everyone else, so it's great. It's big hearts. Happy. Now, I'm standing between you and the food and the booze now, so shall I, I let you get on with it? No problem. <laughs> Speak to you again soon. Okie dokie, thanks, Mark. Uh, Jenny, Chief, commiserations, but... Yeah, losers. Yeah. Well, so no, as as we said beforehand with myself and Lorna, best of five. See, we've got, I've got to keep going. I'm gonna, I'm going to beat her. I am. It's my, yeah, no, well deserved, absolutely well deserved. Not a surprise at all. And uh, if you didn't have a tear in your eye at Millie Johnson's speech, oh, then you're not human. I mean, yeah. just said all the things that needed to be said. Yeah. I mean, massive. And was funny yeah. with it. And was funny yeah. with it. She's just the best. She's amazing. So, so deserved, yeah. But what a lovely evening. 
It was yeah, it's been awesome. Um, yeah, I'm sad I lost, but I'm really happy Sue won. Yes, <laughs> if that makes sense. That's so, another yeah. lovely. Yeah, because yeah, so, she's been she, shortlisted many times, and it's brilliant. That and she won. 20 years, I think she said 20 years in the industry, didn't she? Yeah. And it, that's what gives us hope, you know. You, <laughs> no, because if you yeah. do, you're plugging you, away. There are people that have their successes straight off, and that's lovely to see. And I, I think that's fantastic, and that gives us all hope as well. But it also. When people take, you know, eight books to get a bestseller or 20 years to get an award or something, it's like, yeah, we've got to keep plugging away because mm. yeah. it's the people that give up that don't succeed. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's really inspiring Sometimes and lovely It's just a long game. Mm. A long, <laughs> really <laughs> long game. <laughs> but we're in it for the long haul, aren't we? Yes, yeah, yes, we're, we're, yeah, we're there. We'll be there at the bitter end. Yeah. I'll be staggering up with yeah. the Zimmer frame. It's been 84 <laughs> years in the industry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Finally, I want something. Oh, I, remember, I remember being interviewed on a panel and someone we were, they were asking about how long it would take us to get published and I was like, well, you know what? It took me nine years. I said, it's taken me nine years. The lady next to me said... Well, it took me 30, and I thought, right, I'm never going to go back. <laughs> it's all about putting it in perspective, isn't it? And it's like, gosh, she's kept going for 30 years. And I know she had children and things sort of, life happens. And I was thinking nine was, you know, quite... And I always knew it would be a long haul, but... And then I thought, right, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> You've won that one. went to a panel, and um, it was some... I mean, it was Judy Cohen and Janet Gover and a few other well-known authors. And somebody said, was it your first book that got published? And it wasn't. It was their third, their fourth. Yeah. And then they went back and, you know, published the backlist. And, yeah, so you just keep going. Write the next book and the next yeah, book. Absolutely. So, yeah. And maybe your first gets published, but maybe it doesn't hit the sales you want. Or maybe, you know, you, you just got to keep going and then you will. I do think you'll get there. I might, I might be very disappointed, <laughs> but that's what I'm feeling at the moment, Mark. I'm feeling at the moment that, that's you know... That's the dream, and yeah. we're holding on to it. I'll be yeah. in about 20 years. See, see how cheery I am then. <laughs> You're the cook, best of 35. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, yeah, that really is too close to the bone. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I had an amazing evening, yeah. actually. I It rattled by... They, they, you know, I've been to some very, very tedious award ceremonies in the past. I can tell you that, uh, <clears throat> Richard and Judy. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you said that out loud, love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and this was great, and it was such great humour. And there's, you get a really good vibe in the room. People really are looking out for each other here. Yeah. Aren't they, you know? Oh, the cheers. And also, though you say they did it nice and swiftly, they didn't gloss over it. I thought it was really nicely yeah. paced. Everybody yeah. had their time. Um, but yes, it wasn't dragging on and on, so everybody's looking at their yeah, watches. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Sue! <laughs> <laughs> there we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll keep that in. <laughs> I think keeping romantic novelists from the bar is a very bad idea, so, and they've learned. <laughs> I will keep you no longer. Listen, uh, congratulations on your nominations. You. It's an amazing achievement. It's, uh, you know, I've never so much as won a raffle, so, you know, it's... Uh, well, actually, Mark, that was the whole point of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're slightly underselling yourself. Like, uh, what did they do? They planned, wrote, marketed it in a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You're selling yourself short, love. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> like you say, you don't want it to be a fluke. It needs to be a long-term yeah. thing. Yeah. And I think the message of this evening is don't give up. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that is the message yeah. from a lot of the winners and from the people offshore, the people you've been talking to as well. Yeah. yeah, keep going. Keep going, all you podcast listeners, because you too could get there. Oh, indeed.
with your little orange bestseller flag. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Rowan, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm I'm struggling through, Mark. I'm struggling through. I I didn't win in my category tonight and Honestly, I don't know how I'll be able to carry on, but <laughs> I'll try, I'll, I'll, somehow I'll pull through. Good, good. That's the kind of person I am. Yeah, you're professional. <laughs> professional, rise above professional, it. rise above it. Yeah, and also gin. It's <laughs> <laughs> an open bar. <laughs> but it's an amazing evening, isn't it? It's lovely. It's so lovely to see all these books being celebrated by amazing, largely actually all female authors tonight and um, all women authors celebrate women's lives um, and it's just tremendous I'm so proud to be part of it. I had a little tear in my eye with Millie Johnson's speech which I thought was just amazing where she spoke about her father who recently passed away and how that he would probably admit now that she's won the Lifetime Achievement Award that she has a proper job because it is you know writing seen as a hobby or that thing that you do yeah. but it's hard work isn't it? Um, I mean, it, it, it is quite hard work, Mark. It's not like, you know, like, like making a road or going down a coal mine or, or, or brain surgery. But it is hard in its own way and it's emotionally very hard. And I was so proud of, to see Millie up there and to hear her speech. She's such an amazing advocate for uh, other, female, other women authors and just women generally. And she's just one of the best people in the world. So I'm incredibly proud of her and... Delighted to see her getting the recognition that she deserves. She really hit the nail on the head when she said that romantic fiction is about the human condition and, and that's what makes us human. So what more important subject is there than love? Exactly. Love is all you need, as someone once said. Right-o. And also gin. And gin. <laughs> <laughs> What's, uh, what's coming next from you? What should we get excited about? Um, well, I write now as, uh, I write as well as Rowan, as Bella Ellis, and there's a new Bella Ellis book coming out at the end of this year called The Diabolical Bones. Um, they are Victorian murder mysteries with the Bronte sisters as Amita Sleuths. Fantastic idea. When did you come up with that? I came up with it actually during the writing of the book that did not win its category tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Uh... But, but, you know, in many ways I'm still a winner because I had that idea while I was writing it and um, it, it, I was spending a lot of time in Howe Earth and at the Bronte Parsonage and it just came out of the blue and it was one of those rare, perfect moments where an, an idea comes fully formed and it happens once every 20 years, so I was very pleased. Every 20 years? About yeah. Is that mathematically proven? Um, no. <laughs> no. Failed my maths GCSE, so can't confirm or deny that. Fair enough, fair enough. It's a good theory, though. I like it very much. Thanks. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Have a wonderful evening. I will now. I'm going to just have some more wine and um, enjoy all the lovely people in an in a, in a appropriate way. <laughs> <laughs> Millie, welcome to the podcast. What an incredible speech you gave. Thank you so much. I was moved to tears. So 
yeah, I, I worked very hard on it and then panicked and thought, there's going to be tumbleweed blowing. I even thought I was going to buy some tumbleweed from eBay just in case, but it was 50 quid, you know. So I'm, I'm glad it went down. It was a surreal moment for me, you know, a, a kind of real imposter moment, but I, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely, well, honoured. How did it all start for you? Well, I always wanted to write. I'll give you the potted history. I always thought that northern working class women didn't write books or are girls as I was then, you know, and got self a proper job. And my, my parents were, you know, they're very traditionalist. They worried, oh, won't you get a property? But this, this dream to write, and I always loved books. My grandparents were big readers, and I always wanted to write books that made other people feel the way that I felt when I got absorbed into books and um, did awful sorts of jobs and it never left me so I started writing manuscripts sent them off got rejected and then a publisher said to me your writing is publishable and that was all the the, the, all I needed to keep going 15 years I chased an agent I couldn't get the story that was it I, I thought my writing's getting better but I didn't know what I wanted to write about Quite simply, fell pregnant, same time as two of my pals thought, why aren't you writing about this? Women, all the stuff you know, pregnancy, friendships, the North, sent off my manuscript to the agent I'd been chasing for 15 years and they said, this is the one we've been waiting for. And that was it, never looked back. So it was the personal story that helped break you through? Yeah, I mean, by the time I'd written the story, it was no longer personal. It kind of all the personal bits had been ironed out. But it started off as, as you know, I mean, obviously the two characters started off being based on my friends, but I didn't want to get sued by them. So I changed them while I was writing. And, and literally that. And then, I, you know, I thought, maybe this is where I need to be, writing about Yorkshire, about stories that meant something to me about women who weren't necessarily in their 20s women who were in their 30s 40s who kind of lost their way a bit in life who had these amazing dreams to do marvelous things but by the time they got to 30 40 they were weighed down with kids mortgages lost their way their dreams had all died and I kind of wanted them to all have this wonderful renaissance we um it's, it's funny I was talking to an author friend today and we both said that the book's the things that we've written that we love the most were the ones where we dug deep and they were personal issues. But before that, you, you were learning your craft, were you? Yes, I mean, uh, I, I always think that God said to me, okay, this bird wants to write. I'm going to give a 40 years scrapbook. And, and so all these weird and wonderful experiences that I've had in my life, real lows, some highs, wonderful friendships, they were all things that I could call on when I started to write. You know, I had this wealth of experience. I couldn't have written the sort of books I wrote in my 40s that I wrote in my 20s. I needed to be kicked around the ring a few times. I needed to have that life experience. I needed to have an objective view of someone going through their 20s, going through their 30s. And, you know, I had mates of all ages. I could see what was happening in their life. So I think I started writing and getting published at the right time for me. There's always a right time, you know? Absolutely. Speaking of time, one of the things we hear a lot from our listeners, they have jobs, they have families, it's finding the time to write is such a difficult thing. When you were doing your day jobs and everything, where did you find the time to write? You don't find time, you make time. When I started writing seriously, I had a day job, I'd just been divorced. Self-employed, I was doing jokes for the greetings card market. I was divorced. I had two children under three 
And I used to write, when they went to bed at night, I'd start around about nine o'clock and I'd work straight through till about two o'clock in the morning. I used to drink a lot of coffee and a lot, eat a lot of shortbread. For the first few books, Dow Egbert's Coffee and Walker Shortbread used to send me loads of coffee and shortbread to give away at my launches because, yeah, I used to drink that much to keep me awake. And then I'd do the day job. But I wanted this so much. And, you know, when, when the agent said, how much of this book have you got written? And I had three chapters written. And I said, oh, I've got a few. And I thought, oh, crikey, I can't let this go. So I wrote and wrote and wrote through the night. Couldn't stop. I thought, this is my, I've got my hand on the coat of this chance. And so you make time. My analogy of this is, right, you, you've got no time. You've got no time. You, nothing, no time. You, you've got a stack of iron in. You've got all those. If Keanu Reeves arrived on your doorstep with a bottle of wine and says, you haven't got half an hour, have you? You would make the time, wouldn't you? You would. You would. So you make it for yourself. Yes. You don't turn away Keanu. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> He's got more than half an hour of my time. <laughs> That's one of the best analogies I've had. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's the only one I've got, you know. <laughs> but it's oh, true, stick- isn't it? You would make time. You make time for the important things. Absolutely. What's next for you? Oh, I've got a busy year, you know. I've, I've got my books coming out this week. Um, I've got a, a... I'll be... Uh, editing a Christmas book that's coming out in October. Then I've got to get another book written by the end of August. Um, but, you know, in, in between all, all this time, I'm, I'm going to take some time out for myself and whatever. You know, with, uh, I've had a couple of losses this year and it just makes you realise that, you know, life is here and now and you, you've got to enjoy it and suck it dry. And, and I'm loving what I'm doing at the moment. My, my career's kind of got a few wings and flapping and I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this year. The thing that brought a tear to my eye, if you don't mind me no, talking about it, was you, you mentioned your father passing and, yeah. and the fact, well, you, you say it better than I, but what, what, what would he say if he's looking down at you? He would. My dad always worried, you know, I was a traditionalist and he's like, oh, have you got a proper job, you know, and it's like, are you sure you're doing this? And I was always saying to him, Dad, look, look at this, look what's happened here, just really to reaffirm the fact. And I think he was all, always waiting for it to come crashing down and and the, the higher up I got he, he started to relax a little bit but he, he would have been this I mean this is massive for me and and it would have been lovely to ring him and in fact my hand was on the phone when they I got the email through my hand went on the phone and thought I can't I can't and so I just you know I I, I just I spoke in the air and went look look at it you know and and I it, it would be it would I, I think he would think eventually Okay, yep, all right, I'm going to get off her back. I'm going to stop lecturing her about ISIS. I'm going to stop asking her if she's put something away in a, in a pot and a pension and stuff. I mean, I did say to him last year, look, I've got a pension. And I could see, I could see all the, the, the creases in his forehead. I thought he'd got Botox, you know. But bless him, he worried about me and he wanted to make sure I was okay. And it, and it is a precarious job. And I, I think because of the experiences that I've had being sacked for, for having a Yorkshire accent, I think it's sheer bloody-mindedness made me want to say, well, I'm not failing, I'm not failing. And, you know, if you've got to stretch your, your comfort zones, you'll never find what you want in a comfort zone. And, and I, am your, I am your poster girl for what you can do if you really put your, you know, your, your back to it. You, know, you, you really can achieve a lot just by trying. 
that's an amazing place to finish. You're an inspiration to us all, Millie. Have a wonderful evening. I'll, I'll try very hard, thank you. I can drink alcohol now. I can t- <laughs> kick my shoes off. <laughs> a huge thank you to Millie, to Rowan, to Jenny, to Jeeve, to Annie, to Lorna, to Imogen and Katrina and everyone at the RNA for inviting me along. I really did have just the most amazing evening catching up with old friends and making lots of new ones as well. And like I said... I'm not saying that supporting the podcast will guarantee awards, but blimey, it really does seem to help. So if you want to support this podcast, you want to help us keep going, come and join us on Patreon. There are three tiers. Now, if you just want to support the podcast, you can be a pensmith for $2 a month. For $5 a month, you can be a bestseller to be, and you get access to over 70 deep dives. Now, for $10 a month, you're a chart topper, and for that, you get everything. You get the deep dives access to our exclusive group on Facebook. You get episodes early, you get added bonus stuff, and you can submit to our one-page punch-ups and come to our live shows as well. So that's all good. That's that's just $10 a month. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. There'll be a link in the show notes to that as well. Also ongoing, the BXP 2020 Challenge. If you want 2020 to be your best writing year, you want to write and finish your book, you want to create a lifetime writing habit, you want to increase your chances of being one of those nominees for an award will get on board it all starts with you writing just 200 words a day this has helped mr d it's turned his writing around it's uh, my wife claire's doing it if you look at the hashtag bxp 2020 online you'll see it's all sorts of people it's just had the most incredible effect on their writing uh, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash bxp 2020 now to check it out And that's it. Thanks for listening, folks. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your podcatcher of choice. And uh, drop us a line if you want to get in touch on social media. We're Bestseller Experiment on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Bestseller XP. And we will have a new episode coming real soon. Thanks for listening, and happy writing. Happy writing.